everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. Today, we are going to talk all about yoga. If you guys follow me anywhere on social media or have been listening to this podcast for a while, then it's no secret to you that I love all things yoga. I'm a huge advocate for practicing yoga. I've personally been practicing for over 15 years, and I've been teaching for over 10 years now, which is so crazy to think about. Um, but I, I just honestly had the, the fortune of finding yoga at a really young age, or yoga found me rather, when I was about 13 going on 14. And um, I, I loved it. And you can go back to old episodes and hear more about my personal yoga journey and how it has impacted me. Um, but teaching yoga has also been a big part of my journey and, and seeing other people go through some of the same openings and realizations that I have throughout my practice. Um, and it's something that I just love to share with people. And obviously, if you follow me on social media, you see that I post a lot of yoga photos and related content because I'm really just such a true believer that it's an incredible way to not only open your body, improve flexibility and mobility, but it's a great way to connect to that internal place inside of you that is unwavering and unchanging and feels solid and stable, especially when the world around you maybe feels chaotic. Um, yoga is also so great for balancing your mental health, reducing stress, and actually improving digestive health, which you, you all know that I've struggled with digestive conditions in the past too. So it's great for a lot of reasons. But the reason I want to talk about it today and the context I want to talk about it in is that you know, just like everything else that I teach and preach when it comes to health, yoga is not one size fits all either. And there are so many different types of yoga and approaches to practicing yoga that there's something for everybody. I think that there tends to be a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions when it comes to yoga and what a yogi is like. Um, and that can keep some people from ever giving it a try because they don't think it's for them. And, you know, you've probably heard me say before that a lot of people come to me and say, well, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. You're super flexible. And my response to that is always, <laughs> you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. You become flexible by doing yoga. But again, the other benefits that go along with it are, are so incredibly powerful as well. So today I just wanted to do a run through of most of the main different types of yoga practices that there are, what they're called, um, what they're referred to. You might see them by these names on yoga studio schedules, uh, as well as their benefits and, and who they're good for. Um, because, you know, some people might benefit from a faster, stronger yoga practice, where others might benefit from a slower, more gentle approach. So this episode is basically just meant to be like a quick intro to all these different types to help um, educate you so that when you go looking for a class, whether it's online or in person, you know what to look for and what might resonate with you the best. So that being said, let's dive right in. First, just off the bat, the word yoga means union. It means union of breath and body, or connecting your breath to your movement and your mind to your body. So when you're thinking about yoga, that's a great way to think about it is, you know, it's not 
just about stretching and flexibility. It's not just about chanting and spirituality. What it really is, is just a vehicle for connecting your breath to your movement and your mind to your body. And that's going to look different for everybody. There are so many different approaches and combinations of physical asanas, which are the poses, um, and spiritual pursuits as well, depending on what you're looking for. And like I said, some are more vigorous and some are more gentle. So how do you know which one is for you? Well, I am an advocate of giving lots of different styles and variations a try until you find one that you like. Um, but you might also know by hearing the descriptions which one will resonate with you a little more. So let's get into them. Um, starting with Ashtanga. So Ashtanga yoga is based on the ancient yoga teachings. And it was really made more popular in the 1970s by an Ashtanga practitioner. Um, who really helped to popularize it in the West. And basically, Ashtanga follows a very specific sequence of postures that are always the same ones, the same poses, in the exact same order. So if you go to an Ashtanga class, you know what to expect. You're, you're pretty much going to get the same poses in the same order every time, and you work on mastering those. Ashtanga is a very physically challenging and demanding practice. It is definitely not what I would recommend for beginners. Um, and it's something that if you're looking for a much higher level of commitment in your practice, then Ashtanga is probably a, a good place for you to start. So then there's vinyasa, which can often be referred to as power yoga. Um, and vinyasa, what it means is um, basically movement and it's more uh, fluid and, and movement intensive. So, Vinyasa is awesome for people who like to switch things up because every class is different. So you're often moving through sequences with just one breath per movement rather than much longer holds that are typical of other types of classes. So because it has this faster pace, it tends to get your heart rate up a little faster. Um, which is why sometimes it's called the power class. It can feel like more of a workout. You're sweating, um, you're, you're breathing more heavily, and, and your heart rate is up as if you were doing, you know, cardiovascular exercise. I, I do love vinyasa practices um, because I love to flow and move through my body, and I love that there's more flexibility in terms of sequencing and where I can take it. Um, and vinyasa is where I started with my yoga practice. So I think that there's a lot of familiarity for me in that, but there's other types of practices that I do as well, and we'll get into some of those. Another thing that I love about vinyasa is that teachers often play music linked to the practice, and depending on the teacher you get or the studio you go to, that music may be more modern rather than traditional like spiritual music or chanting or the relaxing like spa-like music. And I, I personally love music in my classes and I love to practice to music, um, especially when like the lyrics really resonate with me or the melody really resonates with me. It helps me get deeper into my practice. So that's one benefit if you're a music fan. Another type is Hatha yoga. So this is like the generic term that encompasses many of the types of yoga that you'll encounter in the West. Um, Hatha classes are, are really great foundational classes. They will help you build a solid foundation of poses for your practice, and they likely won't be too physically demanding or challenging. Um, they also tend to be a bit slower, so it's 
better for beginners. And that's not to say that you can't still practice Hatha if you're an intermediate or advanced practitioner, but Hatha is just a great place to start if you're brand new to yoga and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I need to learn the alignment and all that good stuff. Um, so next uh, is Bikram yoga. And this one um, is probably one that you have, have often heard of um, referred to as hot yoga, but we'll get to that in a second because second, they're technically different. Um, Bikram is basically a series of 26 poses in the same order. And it's practiced in a heated room um, at about 105 degrees Fahrenheit. So this can be either dangerous or beneficial. Um, you know, some people say one school of thought is that the, the heat basically helps you get deeper into poses, helps you um, open up more, stretch more. It also helps to release uh, more deeply seated toxins in your body. Um, that being said, sometimes the heat can make you feel more open than you really are. So people tend to push it a little bit and get injured more easily in a heated class. Um, you can also dehydrate really easily and really quickly in a heated class, which is another way you can injure yourself um, or even just get a headache after class from dehydration. So if you do practice Bikram or hot yoga, you wanna make sure that you are drinking plenty of water and probably electrolytes as well to remineralize re um, before and after your practice. Um, and just listen to your body and take it slow. So the difference with Bikram and hot yoga, as it's more commonly referred to, is technically just that there's different sequences. Bikram is called Bikram because it's those prescribed specific series of poses in that order. And hot yoga has more flexibility to, to what can be taught, um, no pun intended. <laughs> and hot yoga is still done in a, in a room that's about 105, sometimes even up to 110 degrees. I personally don't love hot yoga just because I don't love hot conditions in general. My body is like not happy in super hot weather, but I do have a really good friend um, back in LA who uh, teaches hot yoga in an infrared heated studio and for some reason I can handle her classes but if I don't drink enough water beforehand and during and if I don't take it slow I get the worst pounding headaches afterwards so um, I just have to be really mindful when I'm in a heated studio so pay attention to your body is the moral of the story. <laughs> um, kundalini yoga is another type of yoga that is not actually what you would think of when you think of yoga in the traditional sense. Um, kundalini is the fusion of spirit, the spiritual and the physical practice. And they focus on what they call the coil of energy in your body that runs up your spine and um, basically helping to align and invigorate this energy and clear any blockages that might be there. Um, so what the classes look like, there's typically really fast moving and invigorating postures and breathing exercises. So you might do like, for example, really, really fast cat cows while following a specific breathwork sequence um, or, you know, twisting from side to side or shaking. Um, and it can be pretty intense because breathwork in itself can stir up a lot of stuff internally. And when you add movement to that, it, it can definitely um, feel triggering for some people, but can also be really powerful and a powerful release. Um, 
also if, if you're interested in more of the spiritual spiritual aspect of practices this is a great place to start because kundalini can also often involve chanting and mantra and meditation to ultimately help you connect to your higher self is, is really the goal so next we have yin yoga which is also referred to as restorative yoga sometimes called gentle yoga as well so yin is an awesome awesome way to relax and calm your nervous system yin is not about strengthening or moving through difficult postures it is really slow paced and meditative um, in yin classes you often use bolsters and blankets and blocks to passively hold these relaxing stretches and poses for longer periods of time in a more supported manner so that your body feels safe to really let go and open up into them um, so you're really just breathing for sometimes three to five minutes or more at a time in one single pose that you're relaxing into, uh, like I said, rather than, you know, holding a strengthening pose. So it's, it's usually done very low on the ground, seated and laying down postures. And for a lot of people, yin yoga can feel more rejuvenating than taking a nap because it can help you get into the alpha brainwave state, which is um, the, that relaxed state before kind of like right before you fall asleep between sleeping and uh, being awake that um, a lot of people have you know amazing realizations or epiphanies or you just get to this place where you let everything else go and, and you let go of the stress and anxiety and overwhelm in your life so it can be great for that uh, next on our list we have Iyengar so Iyengar is a practice that is very meticulous when it comes to alignment. Iyengar classes often use props to help students find the proper alignment. And I'm a huge advocate of props in general. I think that they're a great addition to practice. Um, but just know that if you're going to take an Iyengar class, like you absolutely will be using props. Um, it, which, you know, because of that, it can also be helpful for people with injuries or chronic conditions because the teachers have to go through very intensive, extensive trainings um, to learn a lot about anatomy and biomechanics and, and the way the body works and how to heal through injury patterns. Um, so it, it's just helpful to know that your teacher has that base of knowledge and can help you if you're feeling any pain patterns. Um, it can also be mentally challenging to do longer holds. It, it just, you know, your, your mind tends to get annoyed when you're in one pose for a long time and you're like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get out of this? This is, you know, starting to make me shake or I'm sore or I'm bored or over it, whatever. So um, it won't necessarily get your heart rate up, but it, it will challenge you mentally and force you to focus more on your breath. Next, we have Jiva Mukti, which is basically vinyasa yoga, like we talked about earlier, that, that fluid, more movement-intensive classes, fused with Hindu spiritual teachings. So Jiva Mukti classes often open up with chanting. And this practice kind of goes beyond the mat. So the teachings are um, kind of conveyed from, from teacher to student that it is a an ethical practice just as much as it is physical. So it's about bringing your yoga into the rest of your life. Um, and they might, they talk about principles of oneness and of unity, you know, like we're all one kind of collective people. Um, they'll talk about following a vegetarian or vegan diet, um, you know, to 
a support the planet, but also because of oneness that you want to avoid animal cruelty. So just know that if you go into a Jiva Mukti class, you're going to get a lot more of that rather than just like the physical aspect or the, the workout that you might be looking for. And then last on our list, we have a practice called Yoga Nidra. So Yoga Nidra is um, maybe a little bit deceiving because, again, when you hear yoga, you probably think of like stretching and active movement. But Yoga Nidra is actually more meditation than it is yoga. It's basically a guided full body relaxation meditation that brings you into what is often referred to as a yogic sleep or again that state of consciousness between waking and sleeping um, when you're in the alpha brainwave state and you essentially just lay there and follow these verbal instructions to help relieve stress and balance your autonomic nervous system um, and there's, there's kind of a pattern to it, but it'll look different from teacher to teacher. And you can do yoga nidra after a physical asana practice um, or just on its own. So you can often find yoga nidra classes that are 30, 45, or 60 minute classes where you're just doing that meditation or a fusion where you do um, a physical practice for the first half hour and then meditation for the second half hour, something like that. So that is kind of a snapshot of the main different types of yoga that you are likely to find and discover on different yoga studio schedules or online classes. And it's, like I said, really just meant to be a jumping off point for you to learn a little bit about what's out there and to see if anything that I shared in this episode resonated with you. If you heard about a particular style that, you know, perked your ears up where you're like, oh, maybe that sounds like something I could get into. Maybe you've been thinking about wanting to do yoga for a while now, or you feel like you should do it, but you don't know where to start and you're overwhelmed. Um, and it's just, there's, there's too much to choose from. But in this episode, you heard one of the types of practices that felt like, okay, that'll be a good place for you to start based on what you know your personal inclinations and, and strengths are. And like I said, it also can take experimentation. So try not only different styles, but different classes within each style and different types of teachers because different teachers and voices and um, music playlists and sequences will resonate with you differently. So it could take a while before you land on one that feels really good for you and then stick with that until you really start to see some improvements, not only in your physical body, but mental, emotional, and, and spiritual as well. Um, I could go on and on and on <laughs> for days about all the amazing types of yoga and the ways that it can benefit you and the ways that it has benefited me personally. Um, if there's anything in particular that you guys want to learn about yoga and um, I didn't answer it here or in past episodes, feel free to reach out for, out to me. I'm, I'm always happy to answer questions um, and give you tips or guidance as, as much as I'm able to. Um, like I said, if you follow me on Instagram at Megan Share, just my name, I post a lot of yoga content there, photos and also mini flows and kind of daily stretch assignments, handstand preparation trip tips and drills, all kinds of good stuff. So if you're looking for that, you can find that there. And um, as always, if there are other topics you want to hear covered on this podcast, please reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. And if you know of anybody in your life who would benefit from, from learning about this um, 
all the different types of yoga in this episode, I encourage you to share this with them. Leave a rating and review if you feel called to do that. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day. 